Welcome to Mad World. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Mad World. Here with the Knots Man. I always say that. And I always laugh like a dog. <laughs> hey, we're two days away from April Fool's. What are you going to do on April Fool's? I'm not going to show up. <laughs> and then are you going to show up? Nope. So you're just not going to show up? I'm not showing up on April Fool's Day. I was just... I'm going to fool everybody. I was just in a, uh appointment with someone where I was waiting for them for quite long uh, when they were talking to somebody. And I was just um, Googling or YouTubing all the best April Fool's jokes. So I'm armed and dangerous. I'm loaded. Give me some good ones. Well, actually, I'm not going to tell you, but I will tell you one that I watched that you would have loved. Michael Strahan was on a an, on a talk show, and he started brawling with one of the anchors. But it was it was the joke was on the other anchor, and he was like totally you would you would you would oh, like I it would a lot. Absolutely love that. Yeah, he <laughs> <you> would <laughs> definitely like that. I wish I, was, I wish I could wrestle Strahan myself. Can I tune in somewhere on YouTube and see that? Yeah, just type in Michael Strahan, April Fools. Okay. Now, also something else I just did while I was being very productive while YouTubing April Fools jokes was I also looked into an article that I think it was on the Yahoo um, homepage, which I'm not real sure why I still check that, but I, I just I started doing that in high school, and I, that was like. The, the main or the only media source back then that was like the big thing and i just have done it ever since but uh it's pretty slanted we won't tell you which way but it's pretty slanted where, where, where the angle it comes from but the article was the 30 biggest mega churches in the country so wow. being being that we just talked last week about church attendance thought that was uh interesting how that kind of pop, popped up on the on the front page you know like all of them maybe Maybe with the exception of one in Brooklyn, like every one of them was like Oklahoma, Texas, right. you know, every one. Yeah. How is it that the South has still got a lot of that mindset where everyone goes to church? Yeah, right, right, right. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that because, I mean, I'm not down there that much. But, I mean, it's significantly people that are listening you know, to our listeners in the northern, uh, well, I guess not northern New Jersey, but the whole tri-state area, we're just we're out of touch with sometimes it's a completely different culture in those places in the country. I mean, you're talking 10, 12, 13,000 member churches. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's crazy. We were talking last week, remember we were talking about about 10 years ago, 40% of Americans, you know, go to church every Sunday. And then now the percentage is about 17. So if we took the South and, and the North and split it in half, what would we have like 3%? That's a good point. Yeah, because they probably carry most of the weight, obviously. I would, I would, I would say that's probably accurate. And, and it's not really the South. It's the West and the South, I guess, right? Right. Not far West, because I wouldn't think California. Maybe maybe, maybe California is big. I don't know. i got to look at that article again. But they probably, that whole Bible Belt region really probably carries most of the weight. You're probably right. What do you think in in, in this area? We should look this up and, and get some facts for uh, for next week, unless we can scramble some quickly now. But we should look and see... In like the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area, what percentage of those types of of you know what types of our population are going to church? I, it's probably like five. Yeah, it's got to be way. It's got to be under ten. Yeah, definitely. If, if the whole country is no, no seventeen. Question. Yeah, it's got to be, without question. Yeah. Now, why is that? I'm gonna you know you're you uh, you grew up in this area as did I. Why do you think that is? Wow, I think this was definitely a slower pace in the South. 
people are more uh, family oriented, more right. relaxed. So you think Southerners are dumb? Well, I didn't say that. You oh. said that. You said they were slow. <laughs> I'm not going to get all those emails. You can get <laughs> Who do we know in the South? I don't know. We know Tony uh, Sutherland. Yeah, he's definitely. Hi, Tony. He's definitely not as smart as us. <laughs> we, know, we know the Livingstons. They're yes, pretty smart. They're very smart. Still people. not as smart as us. Exactly. Yeah. So, but seriously, what you think the slower pace has something to do with it? Yeah, I mean, again, wouldn't you say culture too? Well, obviously, culture, pricing of houses. I mean, right, right. You got to make like a million dollars a week to be able to afford a house here, mm-hmm. and it's not like that down in the south. Right. Right. So, I mean, connecting that to church attendance, you think people are just so more more preoccupied here and just busy, crazy, yeah, whatever? I would say definitely, you know, much, much more active life. Right. So I was interested to see I got a lot of response from uh, last week's podcast. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, we're By the way, we're having a blast doing this. Yep. This has been a lot of fun. You know, getting response from you out there is just really makes it even worth it more. It's exciting. But I got a response from somebody um, that I went to, actually didn't go to high school with, but knew him through high school, and um, hopefully he's listening now, and really got to know him better in college, was a great athlete, and he was following the podcast, I didn't even realize it, and he was started sending me some messages and saying, man, just hearing the stories about Sunday morning brings back so many warm memories that... It's like 40 years ago. I wish we can get back there. I wish mm-hmm. we could experience that again. It may be lost forever. And uh, he specifically picked up on the smell of mom's meatballs mm. on a, on a uh, Sunday morning before going to church. And the whole day being wrapped around family time was such a warm and fuzzy for me. It, it brought back a lot of great memories. Right, right. Yeah, I think we, we talked about several of the reasons why we've seen a decline. Right. But... We want to address, we kind of left off last week. We talked a lot about the family last week, just uh, even what you're saying about uh, quicker pace today, right. all that stuff. But we should probably jump in and, and uh, pick up where we left off last week and really talk about some of the spiritual reasons why right. this is happening. You know, Absolutely. not the whole time, but that, that's that's a huge that's a huge reason why I think we've lost church attendance. Wouldn't you agree we have a, a less spiritual nation? today. Unfortunately, you're right. I mean, the desire seems to have been uh, lessening every day as far as I'm as, as a pastor, seeing people's desire for God. Mm-hmm. Uh, most recently, excited to see that changing, but over the last five, six, seven years, um, the hunger for God has, has not been what it was when I was younger. Right, right. And I mean, what do you attribute that to? What do I attribute that to? And you're definitely right because this is something I've also observed in my life, even from like the 90s to now. We're not talking about like just the 70s or the 80s to now, but the 90s, the late 90s, the early 2000s. So now there's definitely a difference. And I'm I'm not even gauging that just off our church, but but church in general. There's a big difference in the culture. Well, I mean, again, simple scripture. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. Right, right. And so I think that if you're not in church... Right. If right. we're not able to be there because of all the reasons we talked about last week, because of the busy lifestyle, busy schedule, hectic uh, schedule for your kids, mm-hmm. um, you know, pressure, financial demands that make, you know, uh, mom and dad are working crazy hours. And it's very hard to get to church on Sunday. If you're right. not getting to church, you're not hearing God's word. And faith 
is stimulated and elevated by hearing the word. Right. So if you're not hearing the word, you know, your relationship with God can start getting less and less and less and less. And after a while, you get really cold. You right. don't realize that that's happening, but it happens over time. Sure. Yeah, we, we, we just uh, had a pretty cool event actually the other night here. Uh, we hosted it. Uh, we don't host it all the time, but we had we had an event where there was a couple hundred young adults here, and uh, we had people from our uh, Refuel Network, which which is something that we started here in Whippany. We also had the Young Adults United Network here, uh, probably a dozen churches or so represented in that. And I was talking with several of the pastors. Uh, most of these guys are not uh, senior pastors, if any of them. Most of them are the, are the young adult pastors of the church or associate pastors, something like that. And... You know that this, of all the things that I do, all the hats that I wear here, young adult uh, ministry is what I'm really most passionate about, and that's kind of the, the core of my, my home ministry. Right. And, and we were talking outside, and um, a lot of them were voicing some concerns that I hear at least two, three times a week from distant, different pastors. Mm. And, you know, they're saying... Where are the young adults? Right. And the, where is the young adult population in our churches today? Right. And, you know, we've seen kind of like um, different churches, especially in, in city regions, pop up that would be considered, you know, explosive churches. And those are filled with a lot of the young adults. Mm -hmm. But that's not the norm. Right. Your average church, your, your, your average church, what happens a lot is once you graduate high school and get out of the youth program, you either become a youth leader in your church or you get lost in the sauce right. and you move on somewhere else. And th I mean, that's a major problem. I would say nine out of churches that I that I am in connection with, that I talk to, don't even have a young adults ministry. Wow. And when I say that, when I give that that uh, you know analogy of the becoming a youth leader or 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 you know kind of like leaving and moving on somewhere else. The light bulb goes off usually. You've been with me a couple of times yeah. where I've said that to pastors. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. right. How do I prevent that? Right, like, right. What are we doing? So, you know, that's a problem. That, 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 that's a separate problem, but it fits into what we're talking about. Sure it does. Because a lot of your uh, millennial age people are either too busy for church today or they're feeling like there's not a place in my church. Right. So maybe I'll I'll go to like a young adult themed church where there's not many of them. There's some of them, but right. there's not a whole lot of them. Or I'll just you know I'll catch a I'll catch a podcast or I'll catch a video or I'll catch a book, whatever. Right. And they're kind of getting lost in the sauce. Right. So th these are these are these are big time problems, man. I mean, no, what's going to happen in ten years from now? Right. Where are we going to be then? Right. They're real problems. They're real world problems. I mean, if if the millennial generation is not coming to church, and you're you know you're saying it's not just one church, right? I mean, again, I was with you at different times. We met some senior pastors, and you shared the statistics and issues that you're dealing with. Oh, and they're saying, oh, that's exactly what I'm facing, you know, in our church right now. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's not like to one region. It's something that's happening. It's probably happening na nationwide as well. Now, if that group of people continue to um, to have that mindset and drop out of church, let's say, you know, right. they're there once in a while. The percentages that we're talking about can get really drastic. Yeah, I mean, I think they're drastic now, mm -hmm. but they can get really, really bad. So, um, and, and again, talking about you know uh, places where young people feel like they fit in, maybe that's part of the answer. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, young generation, uh, they want to feel engaged. They want to feel like they have a voice, right? right We've right. shared that before. They want to feel like they have a say, but they're also involved in some sort of a community. So, mm -hmm. is the old format that we use? something that they're not able to adjust to. 
Right. Is that something that we're missing? Yeah, no, there's no question about it. And and we're today in this culture, we change churches like we, you know, change our, our socks. Uh, that's not that's not a good thing either. And obviously, I'm going to sound uh, biased, you know, being, uh, you know, my profession being a pastor. So obviously, there's a little bias there because we, you know, we, we always, uh, you know, don't let, it's always bad for a pastor when someone leaves your church and right. goes somewhere else. But let's talk about that for a second, because... Uh, you know, the Bi- I think the Bible makes it clear that, you know, those planted in the house of the Lord flourish. Yep. You know, uh, it's interesting that the text reads house and not houses. Right. Now, I'm not saying there's not reasons, you know, where you have to move on and sure. make hard decisions at times. I th- we talked about we talked about that a few weeks ago. We yeah. actually saw an article. I don't know if you have it with you today, but um, maybe we can reference that a little bit later. But we seem to change... Like I said, we seem to change in our culture churches a lot. Right. You know, and I wonder if that's... It's it's certainly it's certainly not healthy not to not to have your family in church. We we established that last week when I just dropped something. We established that last <laughs> week with um, the stats, the scientific. Yeah, and we have uh, more know. of them. We'll do later. There's we we only touched on it. There's so many more benefits. The scientific studies that've been done, you know, not on just the spiritual side um, uh, of being healthy, but right. also emotionally, socially. Mm-hmm. Um, being a very healthy, well-rounded, well-adjusted person, right? Man, the statistics are there that church is really the hub of that. Right, right. No, there's no question about it. But does it do damage? Does it also do damage? We know it does damage to not, you know, not have your family in church. But does it do do damage when, you know, man, talk about jumping in the fire here. Yeah, go. You know, when I, we I know where you're going. When I can we hear, get, I can feel you. I know where we, you're going. You know, so many different types of churches say so many different styles. And, you know, when we're, when we're in a church, maybe we grew up there or maybe we started bringing our family there and something doesn't go the way we think it should go. And I'm not talking about like, you know, we found out that there was like a, a mis, uh, misappropriation of right. uh, finances or something like that. Right. Unfortunately, that stuff has happened in churches yeah. nationally and right. it makes the headlines and it's sure. a black, black eye against the church. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, uh, offense for some you know, a reason. I mean, man, this is this is a culture that gets offended easily today. Yeah. A friend of mine from high school just just posted something on Facebook, and I'm trying to think what what it was. I posted back a picture that I'll tell you about, but what in the world did he post? Something, and it was to the effect of how everybody's offended so easily today. Right. And I just put a picture. I posted a, in the comments a picture that I actually saw uh, either yesterday or the day before, and it said, and is a huge billboard. And it's a law firm, and the and the big tagline was "Is your boss a bully?" And right. then you know, we can we can we can uh, go to bat for you. And it's like now, listen, I'm sure there are some bosses that are, sure. are bullies, but I mean, come on, you should be you should be happy to even have a job. Right. I'm you, offended you're even bringing this up right now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but we have law firms now that are specializing just in employees that right. are right. you know they're bullied by their bosses. Right. Like I mean, come on, man. No put your, doubt. Put your big boy underwear on. Well, I would say in my. Uh, Lifetime. Bring that back to church. <laughs> exactly. We get offended in church all the time. That's well, the point exactly. I'm trying to make. Well, people just get offended by me. Right. Just by looking at me, I'm offensive. You're offen- you're an offensive type of person. <laughs> no, but look, looking at my life right now, I would say people are the most sensitive than right. they've ever been. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't you can't breathe without someone being offended that you you took their airspace. I mean, right. it's, it's actually ridiculous. Right. It's it's over the top. Sure. So. I mean, we have to be really careful that we don't get um, 
the mindset of, of today's culture in approaching church. Right. Right. Because, you know, just like any good family, you know, you're not always happy with mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad makes decisions based on their understanding of what's best for you. Right. They're not making decisions to make your life miserable, mm-hmm. although sometimes it feels that way. Mm-hmm. They're trying to help you become a well-rounded person, mature, develop, mm-hmm. be able to handle responsibilities of life as you go on to the next phases of life. That's that's right, the role right. of a good parent, right? right? So pastoring is not much different than that. You know, we're sharing and teaching the word. We're modeling the word for people. We're trying to live it as best we can. Sure. And sometimes somebody will not like a message or a word or something that you have to share with them that's going to help them because they're so sensitive, emotionally offended them, and they pick up and leave. And you, you, were, uh, you were referencing an article that I found not too long ago uh, written from a, a seminary, right. and it was a tremendous article. It wasn't written from a pastor. It was written from a seminary uh, professor's perspective. And it was three or five reasons, healthy reasons, to leave a church. But it was kind of a setup because it talked more about why not to leave a church. Right. And one of those reasons was don't leave because you're offended. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't help you resolve conflict if you leave when you're offended. Yeah. It doesn't help you work through that process and understand maybe just in dialogue and, and having discussion, you can get your feelings out. There can be a meeting of the minds and, and you're feeling good. Um, if you just leave yeah. with that offense and go somewhere else, right. you've brought that internal... Uh, mess somewhere else. Can I say it that way? And that affects where you are. And sooner or later, sooner or later, somebody in that church is going to do something that you don't like. And because you haven't learned to really resolve conflict and issue, now you got another problem and you keep moving on and you're not really being settled anywhere. Let me put another spin on it. Uh, The the documentary film um, about the McDonald's guy that I saw a couple times. Ronald McDonald? Yeah, actually, yeah. Not Ronald McDonald, but the McDonald's founder, Ray Kroc. Uh. Uh, I think the movie's called The Founder. I saw that a couple times, and uh, I watched it twice or three times because it was that it was that engaging, you know, to see how this guy built this empire. But when it started, it was a you know one man show, mom and pop type, you know, uh, place that that everybody saw as valuable, you right. know. And now you know you've got you've got McDonald's as if not the most successful business in the world, definitely one of the most. But what is what is McDonald's and the fast food industry's reputation? It's 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 cheap, right? right. You know, it's 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 a cheap product because it's a quick product. Now there's some, you know, pocket things that I guess have tried to to to, to open and pop up that are that are um, you know advertising healthier food quicker. But I'm talking about in in general, the whole the fast right. food you know population is known as a cheap thing. Yeah. When we when we going back to your point about the church. When we move from church to church, we cheapen the church. Right. You know what I'm trying to say? Like when you when you have a tree in its original root system, that's where it's it's strongest. But when you are constantly uprooting the plant and you know, you know, digging up the root ball and 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 and, and planting it in different places around your yard, there's much of a less chance of it surviving, number one, yep. because you've uprooted it so many times. Right. And it's like you're just cheapening it. Right. And and I can't help but think because uh, like like I said before, like we change churches, like we change, you know, our shirt or whatever. Like, have we cheapened the church? Yeah. You know, yeah, we can just we can run down to the next one. Right. You know, hey, listen, it's it's a little bit more expensive to go to that nice uh, that good steakhouse. You know, you're gonna you're gonna wait longer. You know, they have to prepare the. You know, there's there's di- mis- there's disadvantage misadvantages or disadvantages, but there's also a lot of great advantages. Right. You know, you can anybody could could run in uh run in fast food and get something real quick, but it's a cheap product. Well, I love the verse that you started saying before, Psalm 92. 
those that are planted in the house of God, planted, root system. Right. Right? You know, we kind of make that whatever we want it to be, but let's go back to the original. Those that are planted with a root system right. in the house of God mm-hmm. will flourish mm-hmm. in the outer courts outside. Mm-hmm. So when you're when you're rooted inside, again, the statistics prove that. Right. Not even on the spiritual side. When you're planted in the house of God, you have a deep root system in the house of God, and you don't let an offense just, you know, get you out and bring see the scary thing is now you've let a offense bring you out and your family out. Right. So your children, maybe they belong in that church. Maybe that's a church that their root system needs to be down into that rich soil of the mm-hmm. word that they're going to grow and, right. and experience, you know, uh, healthy relationships there. Maybe they're going to meet their husband or wife there, mm-hmm. but we've taken them out because we're offended, you know, and that, that those that are planted in the house of God will flourish. Flourish right. to me sounds like a blossoming. So sounds like something that's healthy and vibrant and is going to last through different seasons, you right, know, right. Um, not just a, a one and done. It's something right. that's lasting. And I think that that verse really speaks to what we're talking about. It does cheapen the church, Joe, when we get up and pick up and leave and go somewhere else. It does. It actually lessens our right. voice. And you're showing your kids that there's always other options out there. I mean, right. is it a secret? And is it a secret today that no one's even staying with? Like, it's it, you don't hear anymore about someone being with the same company for. 30 and 40 years and they're, right. you know, retiring. Like right. that's a thing of the past. That, that generation is coming to a close. Well, it's kind of Now we, we, we move on to the next best thing. Even sports. Right. You cannot find an athlete anymore right. that, right. you know, the, 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 the Derek Jeter, Cal Ripken type athlete, he's done, man. Oh yeah. They're, they're, these guys move on to their next best thing. Right. LeBron, he left for, right. for a couple of years to, to go find a quicker, a better fix. No doubt. And then went back. Right. Listen, <laughs> Odell, he's gone. Yeah, I was just, o- Odell's gone. Another article it, it, I no, saw. Today. No doubt about it. He's yeah, gone. He's done. I think the Maris have had enough. Right. They have. He said, he's, did you see what he said? Yeah. Jerry Maris said, I think yesterday, I'm just sick of answering questions about Odell. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, that's a perfect example. Right. You know, these guys, they do not, athletes don't stay with their, their team anymore. There's no loyalty to that. Uh, people don't stay with their, their jobs you know, anymore. There's no real loyalty to that. And we change churches just like the, the we change anything. Well, it's you know? amazing to watch this sub subculture happen. When you know my dad, he started a business and did the business and ran the business his whole entire life, right? And that generation, like you said, my dad's generation, they would start with a company and they'd retire with the company to get right. the gold ro- uh, Rolex or the gold watch and mm-hmm. the whole thing. My generation, when I got into to, um, corporate America and uh, working for Pitney Bowes, I can remember the whole theme had changed. Right. The whole process and strategy of how to grow in your career changed. It wasn't it wasn't about let me work for this company and make the company better. It was all about personal development. And I remember when this happened, we were told every seven years, think about every seven years switching your position, either within the organization or even looking outside the organization because that does a lot it's a lot better for your resume, right? right? Right. So it's a whole process of change that's happened over the years. Mm-hmm. And today, I'm sure it's not seven years. I'm yeah. sure they're telling people, hey, two years is too long. 18 right. months is too long. You should be switching your job. Right. I'm sure that's what's happening today. And that's, again, that's the culture. So now, Joe, what's happened is when you when that's your culture, when that's what you're being developed to do, and you do that in corporate America, now you come into the church mm-hmm. and there's, um, you know, there's a church on this corner, there's a church, you know, in the next town over on the next corner and they do things a little differently. You know, I can pick and choose and say, well, even though this is the church I'm planted in mm-hmm. and I should be growing a root system and flourishing here, right. I really don't like what they're saying about this. So let me move on. What I should really do 
is go deeper into the scriptures, right? Right, right. Right? We should we should know the truth. You know, we should we should yeah. we should get involved in truth and understand what Jesus taught, what right. the Bible teaches, and maybe what our pastor has just shared, even though it rubbed us the wrong way, mm-hmm. and even though it made us emotional, and even though it challenged us to the place where, uh-oh, now I'm offended. Maybe if we worked through that, we would have matured and developed and be more productive. Yeah, that's Is good. that possible? Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, what, what, uh, you know, pain, pain, no pain, no gain. Pain, pain hurts. You know, it's, 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 a, it's. Obviously, it's a pain is a painful thing, right. but it makes you stronger, you know, sometimes in the exercise sense. No question and, about it. And those experiences, those life experiences, unfortunately, church experiences, uh, they're not going to kill you. You know, I think they right. could they could make you stronger, you know, and, and, and you know, just help you in the well, long run. Well, number one uh, reason not to leave a church, from according to this article, was offense because it really right. hurts you more. It, 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 it hurts the person that's leaving more than the church you left. But the other thing, there was another real strong one. The real strong one was talking in reference to children. Right. The second reason not to leave a church is because of your children. And what did that mean? Because your children uh, wanted to go somewhere else. Your children thought this was a cooler church or your children's schedule doesn't permit Mm -hmm. you to go to that that house of God, uh, a sports uh, program. They really, uh, this article really advised against that because we're sending a wrong signal to the kids. Right. Yeah. I mean, I have my my daughter, my oldest one, starting soccer in like two Saturdays or something like that. And let me just say this point blank: it's not a it's not a judgmental thing. It's not a a, a it's not to cast you know a snare on people listening. But when you you know, put put the football or the soccer game or the Boy Scout meeting in front of church. You are telling your kid that church is not as important. That's the right. bottom line. Right. You're telling your kid this is more important, and that's and if and if you're okay with that, then I guess you won't mind hearing that. But think about what church represents. Right, church is a representation of of the house of think of what church is right. the house of God. Right, right, right. You know, so so by by and I'm not talking about being legalistic about it. I'm not talking about uh, or being religious about it. You know, um, you know, uh, some listeners may say, well, you know, that's that's way too legalistic. Like I have to be in church all 52 Sundays of the year. Like, I mean, I do personally, but I'm not that's not my point. Right. I'm saying making a habit out of whatever sport is in season, whatever club is in season when there happens to be something on Sunday, which is a lot more now. I mean, I don't know if they had sports on Sundays when you were a kid, but based on our conversations over the weeks, I would say no, right? No, I mean even even we had blue laws back then, right. which we could talk about. But you know, no Sunday morning was not for soccer or for any other sport. There was really a full blown uh, mindset of it's it's a day of rest. Sure. It's church. It's the Sabbath. You go to church, right? And I'm and I'm not I'm not uh, knocking you know uh, our listeners' parenting skills if you if you do this, but I'm just uh, you know I'm just kind of shooting straight. Uh, think about it. You know, we wake we we wake up Sunday morning. And we we get our kids to put their their uniform on. What do you? What kind of message do you think they're right. getting from that? It, well, it's just not rocket science. I mean, wouldn't you? Do you agree with this? Because we've talked about this before. More things are caught than taught. Sure. Right? So if I tell you something all day about who I am and what I believe in and what I, what's a priority to me, I could tell you that all day. But if you watch my life, 
Right. Really, what I do tells you what my priorities are. Wouldn't you agree with that? I yeah, mean, there's no question. In every area of life, I could say I, I'm really into getting in shape and I'm really interested in diet. And every day you see me eating McDonald's, which would probably be offensive I, I to do. you. <laughs> well, that's offensive to me. Right. But no, if you see me eating McDonald's every day, yeah. you know, come on. Uh, you say, come on, Don, like you're saying that all the time yep. that you are really into nutrition and you want to get in shape, but you're eating McDonald's every day. Come yeah, on. Right, right, so right. that speaks louder to you than what I'm saying. Right. What I do speaks louder than what I'm saying. So parenting, what we do is a greater example than what we say. Mm-hmm. It, it, matter of fact, if we're saying things and we're not backing it up with our lifestyle, we do more damage anyway. So what? That's really to, good. To your point, Joe, to your point, I really love this. Your point is, you know, parents, you know, 52 weeks these Sundays, I got to be there. We're not, we're not talking about that. What we're saying is it's so important that you model for your children the importance of church attendance because of the benefits that are there. Right. Because it does represent the Lord. You know, it's the house of God and it's us coming together to reverence the Lord, hear about his word and to grow, right? So if that's a priority to you, mm-hmm. you know what? Nine times out of 10, it's going to be a priority when your child grows up right. and his relationship with God will be impacted from that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no question that that is definitely a direct correlation today with the lack of church uh, attendance mm-hmm. or the, the decline in church attendance is because we have definitely, come on, let's be honest, Joe, let's speak plain today. We have definitely, moms and dads have felt the pressure of, of the coaches, felt the pressure of the kids and, and bowed Sunday morning. We've replaced Sunday morning with sports. We've done right. it. And other stuff too, not just yeah. sports. Yeah, but I'm saying we've allowed the kids no question. to make those decisions. And yeah, I, I yeah, can yeah. remember, you know, again, another working for Pitney Bowes, one of the vice presidents uh, always telling us managers when we were in management positions, don't let the tail wag the dog. Right, right. The tail shouldn't be wagging the dog. The dog should be moving forward and the tail wags after the dog. Sure. So we should be making decisions, parents, for our children. Mm-hmm. We should be making these decisions for them. Yes, love them, help them, encourage them. We're not saying don't play sports. We love sports. Both of us played sports, you know, high school, college. After that, we love sports. We played sports. But don't let it replace something sacred in America that's that's really destroying the the, the fiber of the family unit. Let's make a stand. Let's make a difference. Let's Let's make a change. I think it's important. Yeah. Don't be offended at that, right? No offense. Or we'll send you to McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what do you think about... What do you think about all the different, uh, t- not even denominations, but all the different styles and types of churches today where I try to kind of stay out of the, the the finger pointing or whatever. But the fact is, have we given a bad reputation to just, in quotes, the church today to, to people that have never been to church? Like, you know, uh, Joel well, Osteen's not strong style. enough. Creflo Dollar oh. talks too much about money. Benny Hinn hits people with his suit jacket and knocks them down. Like everybody's got something to say about other churches and other styles, you know, and, and that's, a, that's a real fact amongst right. the church, that everybody right. has something to say about everybody else. Has that given us a black eye towards people that don't know what church is, that didn't grow up in church, you know? I would say, well, I don't know about different styles. We could talk to that if you want. I mean, I think different styles are good. I think different people, different pastors, different... Uh, uh, men of God, women of God have different callings and anointings on their life. They may emphasize different things right. in their ministry. Um, so I don't think necessarily styles have hurt us. But let me jump really deep in the fire here. I do think hypocrisy has affected us. Yeah, right. I do think that we have a lot of people that maybe were well-known people mm-hmm. that were public figures that had um, 
you know, indiscretions in their life. Um, maybe they were reckless in the way they lived financially, uh, morally. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, especially the millennial generation, we just heard it over the weekend. They're looking for somebody and something that's authentic. So if we're talking about how authentic we are and how godly we are and we go to church every Sunday and we dress mm-hmm. in a suit and tie and right. we look good, we smell good and everything else, but there's hypocrisy, let's face it, there's been a lot of that mm-hmm. and let's take it on the chin. The church needs to take that on the chin. Right. We have um, allowed things into our lives that maybe weren't as godly as we declared mm-hmm. and now people are offended by that, hurt by that. But the problem is Jesus didn't do those things. Right. It's men, and men are just men. They make mistakes. I know a lot of people who have gotten, in their opinion, you know, burnt by a, a leader or a pastor or whatever. And I'm not talking about offense, but I'm talking about legitimate things yeah. that you're talking about. You know, hypocritical things, uh, whether it be moral failures or, or, or convictional failures, whatever. And those people are so turned off of church. I wonder how many of the of the, uh, what's 100 minus 1783, of the 83% that don't go to church, I wonder how many are just not churchgoers or how many at one time were churchgoers and stopped becoming churchgoers. I have to say that a lot of them probably were churchgoers before because, I mean, I just think about over my lifetime, people that I know that were committed to church, uh, that were deeply involved, just are not anymore. They, They don't even think about it. They're just not in church. And, um... So I don't think I don't I think I don't think it's necessarily people that never went to church. So I think the church has to take some responsibility for that. Right. And so how do we bridge that gap? How do we bridge the gap? The guy had a let, let's just let's talk really crazy. A guy because I've heard these stories before. You know, he grew up in a church and his youth pastor sexually assaulted him. Mm. And he never was able to say anything about it. Yeah. And now he's uh, 40 years old and he's like, you mentioned church. He's about to rip your head off. Yeah, right, right. So how do we deal with that? Well, and that, and that just before we answer that, if we can answer that, that's the uh, pressure. That's not the right word. That's, that's, that, that's the level of, of, of the standard that is on leaders. Like it's not, it's not just a fun, cute thing to become a leader in a church or be, or going to, you know, ministry for your career, there is a there is a a a large standard on your life, a high standard. Right. And it's because you ha- you're an in- you're an influencer now. You right. have people that you're responsible to influence. And by messing up, you may say, "Well, that's too much pressure." Well, if you can't handle that type of pressure, that might not you might not be cut out to be in that position. Right. You know, because when you do uh, you know, make make those types of mistakes. I mean, that's that's gosh, that's a, su- such an unfortunate story, and unfortunately, we've heard it. Joe, I several have to times. tell you, I've heard that over my youth yeah. ministry career and adult pastoral career. That story has been told too many times to right, me. Right, right. From the sleepover stories right. and everything else that I've heard, you know, we have to look at that. We really have to take a look at that. And I want to say this too: there's no lower place we can be than we when we've been given authority. And people respect our authority, and they have a reverence for that authority, and we take advantage of people right. because of that authority. That's despicable. Yes. It's horrible. So we have to, you know, we have to call a spade a spade and admit in the church that we've let we've let uh, at times let the generate this generation down, you know. But but those unfortunate cases don't speak for the whole church. That, that's and right. Sometimes people, you know, that that are not churchgoers or, or don't call themselves Christians or religious or whatever. Sometimes they lump 
oh, all those guys are just trying to get my money. All right. those guys are hypocrites. Yeah, exactly. And it's not, it's just not it's true. It's not true, but it's hard to see the truth. There's a lot of great men in this business. No, it's not a business, yeah, but right. you know what I'm trying to say. Location, but there's, you know, it's hard to see the truth through the veil of your pain. Right. You know, you've been hurt. You've been wounded. It's hard to see truth because you can't get to the truth because every time the church is mentioned, all you see is your pain. And all we could say to folks like that is, church may have failed you, but Jesus will never fail you. Mm -hmm. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. Hebrews chapter six, he loves you. He'll always be there for you. His arms are open wide. He's not rejecting you. So if we can get people reacquainted with Jesus, mm -hmm. I think the healing will come. And I think coming to church will be the next step. That's really good. Yeah, that's that's really good. And you, you said before, how do we, how do we, uh, how do we, I forgot what was the question you just asked. How do we uh, bridge the gap or something yeah. like that? How do we heal people someone? people that have been, yeah. have been hurt? The answer is relationship. Yep. You know, that, that's it. Maybe we can talk a little bit about relationship next week. I'd love that. Because uh, that's that's the key, man. That's the key. Having a relationship with somebody is the way to get into their lives. Yeah, I and, love that. And reach them. I love that. We need to talk about that next week. It's good stuff. Well, we'll see you next week. And it will be after April Fool's. We'll have some good April Fool's stories for you. It's gonna be it's gonna be an April Fool week for us. We're just yes. gonna be fooling people. We'll be All fooling people with McDonald's and getting offended. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. We're signing off. You can follow me at Joe Arminio point two. You can follow this guy. That's on Instagram, uh, Facebook. I'm also on uh, Donnie. You're at what? At, at Donnie Rosa. Yeah. At Donnie Rosa on Instagram. You're on Twitter too. Yep. You do the tweet thing. I, I don't. Tweet. And we'd love to stay connected with you. So until then, sayonara. Mad World's podcast is brought to you by Abundant Life Whippany, where Donnie and I serve as associate pastors. For more information, visit alwcw.com.